Church, oh my God. It's just like, you know, mm, man, it's just like, we got to stir it up on the inside. I mean, there, if, if we can, you know, you don't remember when Elijah, you know, and they were, they were surrounded by the armies. And anyway, the, 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 the servant, he was getting nervous and scared. And anyway, God, uh, Elijah says, Father, open his eyes to where he can see that them that are of force are far greater than them that are against us. And God opened his eyes, and there's a roundabout, you know, chariots, you know, of angels, angelic hosts. And sometimes, in my knower, you know, sometimes we got to realize that. Because you know what? Ugh, you know, this is hard, you know. But you know what I hate? Ooh. Everybody say, I love. <laughs> Pastor Brent. <laughs> I hate going to a church as a dead. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? Because this is what I know, church, is if we're spending time. Everybody say it again. I love Pastor Brent. This is what I know. Because if we're spending time with him, his presence at the house, it's going to come into this house. You hear what I'm saying? But oh, oh, hold on, hold on. You're wasting my time. Listen, but if we ain't spending no presence in there at home and you're looking to me, I'm telling you, you're bankrupt and out of luck, you know, because I am not the one. Jesus is the one. His words are spirit in their life. Now then, his words change your life. They change your circumstance. And if you don't feed upon his presence and his word, you're going to become religious. You're going to sit in church. And I don't care how good the service is, you're going to dry up, burn out, and burn out. You know. So saying all that, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we're going to fast. All right? Yeah. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Listen to this quiet in this Holy Ghost filled church, Brother Ron. I said Friday. Everybody say this Friday, this, Friday. this, Saturday, this Saturday, and this Sunday. You know? Now listen, listen. This ain't for everybody, but it's for somebody. Because church, God's good whether you see him as good or not. He's good all the time. But sometimes we've got to tell our flesh what's going to happen instead of letting our flesh tell us what's going to happen. If you don't control your flesh, your flesh is going to control you. And if you don't bring your flesh in line with the words of God, the ways of God, I'm telling you, your flesh is going to control you and you're going to keep getting what you're getting because you're making decisions, still letting God make the decisions. Mm-hmm. And I know it may be foreign to some of you, and I might know it may not make sense, but that's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You know. But I'm telling you, church, when you crucify this flesh and make a sacrifice, saying, God, I want you more than anything. God, I can't fix my marriage, but I know you can. God, I can't turn my kids around, but I know you can. God, I can't create something on the inside, you know, but you can. But what we can do is position ourselves. Everybody say position. Position yourself to hear and receive. Because when you fast before God, and like I said, don't feel condemned if you don't, you know. We're going to love you either way. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not talking to everybody, but I'm talking to somebody. Because I know I'm an over church. In order for us to do what other churches don't do, we got to do what other churches don't do. If you keep sowing ordinary seeds, you know what kind of harvest you're going to get? Not yet ex-spiritual, ordinary. You know what I'm saying? But if you start sowing some extraordinary seeds, you know what kind of harvest you're going to get? Extraordinary. And like I said, don't try to figure it out because you can't. But I'm just telling you, I know I'm a knower. That God has called this body of believers to greatness. And what that looks like is to do things that others ain't done.
to go forth and leave a mark in the pages of the history, knowing that it wasn't us that done it. But all we did is yielded and positioned ourselves. And we was more hungry for the things of God than we were that next slice of pizza. Mm, that's right, Brother Brent. Preach it. You know, we was more hungry for the things of God than we was. Mm, whatever that is. Church, you know, I'm telling you, I do not want to leave. Ooh, you know, the Apostle Paul, Brother Ron was talking about him this morning, about some of the things he feared. One thing that I fear is that I'll leave this earth without fulfilling what God has called me to. You hear what I'm saying? I want to fulfill all that God has called me to. But if you don't watch it, this world has a way of going, you know what I mean? And pulling you down into it and start putting binders and walls around you and tries to hold you down to where inside there's a warrior on the inside crying out, I know there's more, I know there's more, I know there's more. But church, everybody has a king and a fool on the inside. But you choose the one that you listen to. You hear what I'm saying? So in order for that spirit man to rise up and be all that God has called us to be, we're going to have to crucify that old man. And ain't nobody likes it. I don't like it. I hate fasting. You know? I hate fasting. I love eating. Can't you tell? As a result, I got a lot of money invested in this. You know what I mean? You know? I could eat for a hobby. You know? But what I'm saying is, I love God more than I do eating. You know? But the thing is, sometimes, sometimes you got to take charge of your flesh. Some of you need a miracle in your life. Mm. Some of you need some things in your life that no man can fix. And like I said, we don't fast to get points with God. God loves you, period. He loves you just the way you are. But we fast to position ourselves to hear from God, to receive from God. You know, because God's speaking whether you hear it or not. But if you got so much clutter going on in your life, you got so much junk going on in your life, and you've got so many fires going on in your life, you know, you're not hearing God. But how many you know the whole time God's speaking? But you know what happens? We get so busy doing what we want to do, building our own kingdom, that we push away the very voice that's trying to carry us to our greatness and our destiny. The Bible says if we'll put God first in our life, God first in our life, He will give us the desires of your heart. That's what He said. In church, either He's alive and large and in charge, or He's not. Either he'll do it, Janie, or he won't. And some of you say, well, I can't do it. Well, Philippians 4.13 says something else. Somebody can quote that? Quote it. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. What does that look like? God, I can't, but you can. You know? And like I said, just stir it up on the inside because, ooh. Mm. <laughs> I know that went over like a lead balloon, but it still went over. You hear what I'm saying? <laughs> you know? Hallelujah. Smile, Kimberly. It's going to be all right. You know? Yeah. Because like I said, church, sometimes, sometimes we get so full of ourselves that we're building our own kingdom, doing our own thing, that God's screaming at us and we're not hearing what he's saying. Because our hearts, mm, everybody say my heart. My heart ain't right. Mm, my heart's hard. My heart's been broken. My heart's been whatever. You know what I mean? And we're not hearing the things of God. Because I want you to know that God has marked you for greatness. You're not ordinary, but you're extraordinary. Created in the image and the likeness of God. But if you don't watch it, this world will tell you who you are. Your, your people around you will tell you who you are. But what did God say about you? Because like I said, anyway, moving right along. That's good preaching, Pastor Brent. Hallelujah. Hey, I do got something else right quick I want to share. You know, how many of y'all enjoyed last weekend? 
was that not the bomb or what, you know? Uh, uh, also, uh, we had a baptism that weekend, too. Uh, all the ladies from the Valley House, I'm going to give Miss Sue. Where's Miss Sue at? Miss Sue. I, I got all of the certificates right here, and uh, all the rest of them. That Everybody would, if you would. If you're here and you got baptized, please stand up. All right, all right, all right, right. Where's Zach? Oh, Zach, Zach's in the back. All right. God bless y'all, you know. Yeah, that's it. Zach's in the back, and there's some more in the back. So, hey, we got certificates for each and every one of y'all. God bless y'all. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so uh, just get with uh, Miss Sue. Miss Sue, you get with my wife. <laughs> All right. Uh, but one more thing right quick I want to I wanna go on uh, is that, are you ready up at Brandy? Yeah. Uh, or Dallas? Okay. Brandy had that far away look on her face. <laughs> yeah. But <clears throat> last week, uh, last week it was something happened that was, I mean, it was, it's something that I'll never, ever, ever forget because I know in my knower when I was so far away from God, strung out, messed up, and I didn't have a clue about God. God put this man right here in my life and told him, you know, told me to don't overlook him, you know. Uh, he speaks in a low key, on and on and on, but he's a spiritual giant. And he told me in my knower, and I had not a clue I was going to become a pastor, to get up under him and serve and do whatever, you know, he says. And anyway, and if it wasn't for that man, I would have wrecked this church many times. <laughs> you know, many times. You know, but the thing is, uh, this past week, uh, we had a guy down from Waco, Texas, and he was, he was wonderful. I'd been to some of his other meetings, and I thought, you know, I want to get him to come to our church to bless our people. I love, I love serving and blessing the people. Whether I get a word or not is good, but if I see Brother Curtis or Brother Eddie or Brother Keith get a word, man, that just blesses me. And anyway, and lo and behold, he come out, and he did. He, he blessed them, and just, it was just amazing. And, and anyway, uh, there towards the end of the service, Sunday night, we had a Sunday night service, and a bunch of people, and it was a good crowd and stuff. And, and anyway, at the end of that service, uh, he'd, he'd been telling me, he says, I'd like to meet your spiritual father. I'd like to meet Brother Ron. I'd like, you know, and I said, well, as you know, would have it. Brother Ron, he's going to speak in another church this week. And I said, he ain't going to be here. And anyway, that night when he was up there speaking, Brother Ron slipped in the back door and sit back there. And anyway, I seen him. So anyway, after, you know, everybody lined up up here at the end of service. And Pastor, excuse me, Pastor Jeremy prayed for everybody. It was from wall to wall, you know. And anyway, he got through praying and stuff. And then he says, you know, Pastor Brent, he says, I'm going to turn the mic back over to you. And I said, okay. I said, but there's one more thing I want you to do. Uh, there was a friend of mine back there, Tammy. I was going to pray for her. She was one. And wave your hand, Tammy. All right, all right. That's it. You know, and not only that, but uh, Brother Ron was sitting back there in the back in a yellow shirt. And I says, Pastor Jeremy, I says, you know, I said, I got, there's some, uh, another one I want you to pray for. I said, there's a guy sitting back there in the back in a yellow shirt. And I said, sir, do you mind if we pray for you? And Brother Ron was the only one back in the yellow shirt. Brother Ron's like, me? I'm like, yes, sir, you right there. And I said, do you mind if we pray for you? And he's like, well, okay. So anyway, he starts coming down here, and I'm and, uh, chilling him, like, what are you doing? And I, you know, because I know, I know him, I know her. If the man is a, of God, which I knew he was, I knew something big was fixing to take place here. And anyway, so I called him up without ever once mentioning his name, you know. And this guy was anointed and appointed of God. And, and anyway, so I said all that to say this. Roll the tape, you know. He got right here. He got right here. And that guy says, whoa. His voice began to crack. 
And he says, the Lord is showing me that you should be praying for me. And if you watch at the end of this tape, at the very, very end of it, you'll see me reach over to Pastor Jeremy and what I told him. Pastor Jeremy, you've just met Brother Ron. So, all right, roll it. And I bawled. There wasn't a dry eye in the place. I bawled like a baby. Uh-oh. I said all that for... Anyway, it was really good. <laughs> yeah, welcome. Yeah. It won't work? All right. Well, I'll filibuster. What? I don't know. That was my fault because I kind of threw them under the bus up there. <laughs> but uh, we did play it once. But it just, it was just profound. How many of y'all was here that night when all that happened? Yeah, yeah, there you go, yeah. It was profound, so. Uh, I'll let Shelly get up here just for a second, so. Uh, you know what blesses me, though, is to know that the things that I'm doing, I'm not doing just because. In other words, God's keeping notes. God knows where I'm at. I'm not alone, you know what I mean? And, and God's got this. And I'm telling you, because uh, I've seen what Brother Ron has walked through, parts of it. I've seen the stroke, you know, when you know, people said that he wasn't going to ever walk or talk again. I've seen when he was in a wheelchair and he couldn't move, you know. But he quoted the Word of God in his mind. I've seen when he had heart surgery, you know. And see, the Word of God says that he's healed. The Word of God says you're healed. But he kept hanging on to what God said instead of going by what the doctor said. He did what the doctor said, you know what I mean? But he trusted God to do what the doctors couldn't do. And, and anyway, and then to see all that come to pass, it was just, it was just amazing. Uh, I'm not going to... If y'all get it, you can let me know. All right, one second. All right. Yeah, keep talking. <laughs> Shelly, there's a crowd down here waiting on you. They're looking at me like a cow at a new gate. So... Uh, anyway, while they're doing that, you can turn with me to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Glory to God. Chapter 4. Hallelujah. You know, because one day we'll all stand before God, and we'll all have to give an account for the things that we've done in this body. And we're not going to have to be there with uh, excuses, because excuses ain't going to cut it. You hear what I'm saying? Because God says, I've given you the power to overcome. Just as I've overcome, so shall you overcome. He says, you and me and I and you, you ask what you will and it shall be done. But the thing is, is he's got to be Lord of all. If he's not Lord at all, he's not Lord at all. And Jesus even says, he says, why call out me Lord and not do the things that I say? And the thing is, God is looking for a people. As Brother Ron talked this morning, he talked about Rick, you know, when he was in the Marines. He dug a hole five foot wide, five foot long, and five foot deep. And then when he got it dug, Sergeant told him to cover it up and dig another one. I mean, you know, that would kind of get, you know, kind of put a sour taste in your mouth, you know. But the thing is, he was teaching him, and I love that, he was teaching him to obey and not question, you know. In a spiritual war, the same way. There's certain things that God says, 
that we're not here to question, although we don't understand and it don't make sense and it looks foolishness. But God is telling us to do this and don't worry about it, you know. But he needs a people that will follow him and trust him. So, you get it, Dallas? Shelly, I heard that three times. I really want y'all to see this. Hallelujah. Glory. It's loading. All right. I'm willing to look like a fool for you, Shelly. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hey, y'all just turn them off, and then y'all get it up there, and then let me know, okay? And if you don't, we're going to go on anyway. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 19. 419. And it reads... The ways of the wicked is as darkness, and they know not the way that they stumble. My son, attend to my word, and climb to my ears unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thy eyes, and keep them in the midst of thy heart. For they are life. Everybody say life. What's life? The word. I'm going to read it again because I don't want to get religious on you and you miss it. It says, let not them depart, the words of God, from thy eyes and keep them in the midst of thy heart. For they are life unto they that find them, and they are health. Everybody say health. Health to all the, of their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a forward mouth and perverse lips, and put from thee far from thee. But let thy eyes look right on, and let thy eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all the ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left hand, but remove thy feet from evil. And what this is saying is, what this is saying is, is that God is looking for a people that is, knows where they're going, they're focused on where they're going, and they're not going to be distracted. Everybody say distracted. All right, roll the tape. Remember, this guy's never met Brother.
I'm pleased with you. If you're not a man that's given up, but a man that's given over. You showed others how to serve. I'm pleased with you. But I tell you, my son, you will not be taken from this earth. By any disease, by any sickness. For you walk with me, you talk with me, you know me, and I know you. Today, you leave, today, you decide. But I'm not finished. There's still others I've sent you to. And I'm still pouring out through you what's needed. Great is your reward. Great is your reward. I can hear a song in heaven. Thank you. And you would think in your heart, how dare you say thank you to me. You're my everything. I owe it all to you. I hear the Lord say, I got a crown awaiting. <laughs> I got a crown awaiting. And though you would try to cast it at my feet, I'll pick it up and put it back. Represents all that I've done on earth through you. Thank you, Father. You shall wear a robe and crown. I've designed it. It fits you perfect. And you'll understand more when we're face to face. Just begun. You just begun.
not powerful or what? Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm telling you, you know, you know, it wouldn't have been the same if I would have said, Brother Ron, will you come up here and let Pastor Jeremy pray for you? But when Pastor Jeremy picked up on the spirit, you know, I just, that encouraged me, Steve, to say, hey, all the stuff I'm doing behind the scenes, it's not in vain. God's keeping notes, you know. And I'm here to tell you that was that was that was a highlight in my life, you know. So uh, it may not mean as much to some of y'all as it does me, but it's just because y'all ain't seen him walk through the fires of life and be the example. You know, as Paul says, he says, "Follow me as I follow Christ." Has Brother Ron made mistakes? Yeah. Has he screwed up and got in the flesh? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And but the thing is, the Bible says we all have a flesh side and we all have a spirit side. And the Bible says, no, no man after the flesh. Because everybody, everybody say everybody. Everybody looks good from a distance. Can I get a witness? But when you get to know them, you know, and you get to see up close their frowns and their shortcomings and their mistakes and their habits and different things like that. If you don't watch it, you'll begin to pick out upon the negative. You know what I'm saying? How many of you have ever looked at somebody from afar off and just like, man, they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. And then all of a sudden, you get to know them. And all of a sudden, like, you do that? I don't even do that. Or you do, you know? And then it's like, you know, but that's the flesh side. And the Bible tells us that we have that flesh side. But it says to know no man after the flesh. Because if you're just looking at Brent Coffee in the flesh, you're not going to receive one thing from Brent. But if you look at Brent Coffee as a pastor and as anointed to send forth the words of God, you know, on your behalf, all of a sudden, you'll be able to receive what thus saith the Lord. Because a lot of people miss Jesus, church, because they looked at him after the flesh. Well, that's just the carpenter's son. That's just Mary and Joseph's son. They missed the moment that that was the son of the living God, you know. So have them spiritual eyes to recognize it. And I tell you, anyway, I got to go. Ain't God good? Hallelujah. We was talking about looking straight forth, you know, being not distracted. And the title of the message today is Life's Distractions. Everybody say, Life's Distractions. And Life's Distractions. Distraction is an object that diverts one's attention away from something else. It is an object. Everybody say, Object. It diverts one's attention away from something else. Life is full of distractions each and every day that we face these distractions. And there are always things that are pulling. And uh, in other words... 
trying to get our attention. I don't care if it's a TV program. I don't care if it's an iPhone. It's a Facebook account. It's a game that you're playing. There's always things that's pulling for our attention. There's some friends. There's some family members. There's some things that's always pulling us for attention, you know. And it's trying to distract us from the way that we was going. There are our jobs, our hobbies. All these things are constant distractions that we as humans face in life that pull us away from our destiny that God has called us to church and the thing is that today should be and I pray it is a life opening eye opening life experience that we get back refocused on the direction that we're going that the plan that God has before us that we set aside the distraction Paul said I set aside these weights that so easily beset me because life is full of things that try to pull us away from the things of God it's a constant pull and the thing is we got to be spiritual enough to recognize that hey that's not my goal. That's not my direction. And, I, you know, I don't know if y'all ministered to y'all or not, but the week before last, I ministered on sacrifice. You know, a sacrifice is giving up something for the greater of something else. You know, and life is full of sacrifices. If you plan on doing anything in life and going anywhere in life, you're going to have to sacrifice to raise functional children. You're going to have to sacrifice in life to have a good marriage. You're going to have to sacrifice things in life and put self aside in order for the greater of the good, you know. But the thing is, every one of us, everything is screaming and wanting and desiring our attention. You know, I hear things all the time, all the time like this. There's not enough hours in the day. You ever heard that? <laughs> you know, but how many of you know everybody got seven, hour, seven days a week and 24 hours a day? There ain't nobody got no more and ain't nobody got no less. And, you know, if you got less than that, <laughs> they're done gone. You hear what I'm saying? But I hear things like that, and I hear things like, well, I'm just too busy. I'm too busy. You know, I ain't got enough time. I can't do this. I can't do that because I'm too busy. I'm just ran out of time, and on and on and on, and I haven't even done what I set out to do. You know, I was going this way, but now I'm doing this, and I, I've, I've got distracted off the direction that I was going. No, it's not, a, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to be busy about the Father's business. You know, Jesus, I'm not going to go there, but you can go there in the book of Luke. When the, uh, his father and his mother, uh, was, uh, they had left him, and they thought that he was with some of the other family members, and he was gone for three days. And they didn't even look for him. Some of you, there's hope for some of you parents out there, you know. I heard Pastor Dwayne Sheriff say, I left one of my kids in Walmart, you know. And he says, hey, hey, you know, I was in good company. But the thing is, they left him for three days and they realized he was gone. And they went back and looked for him. And they found him in the synagogue teaching the words and the ways of God to all the religious leaders. And they had a big group around him. And he said, did I not tell you that I am about my father's business? I've got to be busy about my father's business because Days, you know, I got I got to do the work while the daylight is here, church. We got to do what God has called us to do while there's daylight, because there's coming a time, there's coming a time that we're going to run out of time, you know. And the thing is, we're going to look back over our life, and we're going to say, "What did I accomplish while I was here?" Ooh. All right. Well, I I, I built a nice house. All right. Well, <laughs> that's good. Well, uh, I made a lot of money. All right. Well, that's good. Well, uh, you know, what did you accomplish, you know? That's why I'm saying to us, it don't matter when you start the race, it's how you finish the race. You know what I'm saying? And the thing is, is that I want our church, each and every member, each and, and if you're here for the second time, you know, you're a member, you know, and I want our church to leave a mark in the pages of history. I want us to leave a mark in our children. I want us to leave a mark in our geographical area. I want us to leave a mark. I want to leave a mark. 
in that school and that heritage is going to be passed down. But the thing is, it's going to take all of us working together and not being distracted from the things of this world. Because there's always things, and I'm just as guilty as anybody, you know. You know I, and I'm just as guilty as anybody about, you know, getting distracted, you know. <laughs> I can't say that. Uh, but, you know, I remember Travis one time, he was saying, he said, I, I get this one-eyed donkey syndrome, <laughs> you know. And, you know, and he says, I start off in this direction, and then all of a sudden I see something over here, and then I start, and then for long, you wind up so far away from where you was at. You know what I'm saying? There ain't nobody ever intends on burning in a devil's hell. They don't nobody ever get a marriage and plan on getting a divorce. You know what I'm saying? They don't nobody ever have children and plan on raising them up in a prison. Mm. But what happens along the way? We get distracted from the things that God has called us to. Then all of a sudden we start sacrificing the very things that we neglected over here. You know what I'm saying? And the thing is that church, I know that God has called this church to greatness. I know this. You know, but the thing is it's going to take all of us to achieve it. You know, and the thing is, is that not getting distracted from the things of this world because there's always things that's pulling us aside and says, hey, and I want to make note of this right quick. I say it's regular, but you need to hear it. You know, some of you are looking for happiness, peace. You're looking for joy. You can take my word. There is no person, there is no place, there is no thing in this world that's going to bring you per, uh, peace and joy and happiness. It comes from knowing Jesus. He says, my word, they are spirit and they are life to them that find it. And the thing is, you know, how many of you have ever said, well, man, if I could just get that truck, I'd be happy. And you get the truck, and then you get the bills. <clears throat> you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, the Bible says, the blessings of the Lord, they addeth no sorrow. You know? And then all of a sudden, boy, if, if, if I just find me a husband, or if I just find me a wife, you know, I would be happy. You know? And then what happens? Then you got to deal with it. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, <laughs> I was, anyway, that's too strong of amen. You know? But the thing is, the thing is, there is no person, there's no place, and there's no thing. That can make you happy. And the thing is, and when, when you know Jesus, when you know Jesus, he rules and reigns through your life. And then you know what happens? There's peace and there's purpose and there's joy that radiates from you, you know. Because you can't give what you don't have. But if you don't watch it, you'll get distracted and you'll sell out your purpose that God has given you for something over here. How many of you has ever, how many of you has ever uh, took like a road trip? And you sit down and you pick the destination. All right, you, you, you found out where you're going. You knew where you was going. You set it out. You mapped it out. You mapped it out. You mapped out the route. And then all of a sudden, you set a timeline. Well, the first day, I plan on being X. I plan on being here. We're going to spend the night here. And we're going to wake up. And we're going to go here. And the next day, we're going to plan on going here. You know, in order for you to reach your destination, you've got to follow your timeline and you can't get distracted because along the life's ways, there's many things that are screaming said, you know, water park attraction over here, and there's six flags over here, and there's a zoo over here, or whatever it may be that, that, that lights your fire. But the thing is, in order for you to reach your destination and your intended purpose that where you're going, you've got to stay on track and not get distracted 
from the way you was going. You hear what I'm saying? Now then, you know, because if you don't, you'll spend your life chasing after these distractions. Then all of a sudden, you know what happens? You'll run out of time. You'll run out of time. And then you'll look back over my life and say, man, I wish I wouldn't have got distracted. I knew where I was going at one time. I wish I wouldn't have went through that divorce because I knew where I was going. At one. I wish that my kids wouldn't have done this if I would have just done this. You hear what I'm saying? Now, if all that stuff has happened to you, you know, there's a, there's a saving grace in all that because the Bible says that God is a God of restoration. He restores things that are broken and out of place. But the thing is, is that we got to know where you're going. Some people you are here today, you're just going in life, you know. You're just going in life, you know. It's just like that fellow right there. I don't know you, but it's just like I know him, I know her. The Lord. Yeah, you in the black, that's it. You know, it's just like you come here for one reason, but God's doing a whole nother work in you and a whole nother reason. You know, because you, you thought you was here, but like I said, the Lord, I, I felt this earlier. The Lord said, I brought you here because I got to work well on the inside of you. And I'm going to finish and fulfill it. What you thought for one thing, God says, I'm going to do another thing. And because God is God, church, you know. But the thing is, if we don't watch it, we'll get distracted off the way that we was going. And we'll live our whole life going from one, one, one thing to the next thing. And then we'll live our life and we will abort our destiny. We got one shot at this. Everybody say one. We got one shot at getting this right. We got one shot at raising our children. We got one shot, you know, at living a, a functional life, you know, and making a difference for the kingdom. You know, the, the, this body gives us legal access here on this earth. But this body is decaying. The moment you are born is the moment that you start physically dying. You hear what I'm saying? Because there's going to be a day that we're going to run out of time. And I don't know when that time in only God does. But if you don't watch it, you will get so distracted in life. You, you know why they put blinders on them horses when they was plowing them back in the day? I've been there. I've done that. I've looked at a horse's butt a long ways. You can ask my daddy back here, you know. And, but they put blinders on them horses. That way, they knew where they was going. They can only see straight ahead of them, you know. Because if they didn't have them blinders, you know, they, they'd look that away. And all of a sudden, have you ever looked out in the field, you know, when you just drive, and then all of a sudden your car just starts kind of going with it, you know. Or vice versa, you know. But the thing is, what you focus on, you will gravitate to. Because if you're not focused on Jesus, everybody say focus. If Jesus is just a religious thing, I just want to get to, hey. You, mm. you know, if Jesus is just a religious thing that you'll see him one day when you die, oh, you're going to, ain't no doubt. You know, but the thing is, church, I want to be able to stand before my God and not just have an empty bucket. You hear me, Brother Curtis? I want to make a difference. You know that song that they sang? Oh, that just, you know, he says, I will rise. I will rise when he calls my name. Can you imagine, Brother Allen, when the Lord, you know how the sea of people, Allen Breyer, will you come forth? Can you imagine what it would be like, Brother Keith, when the Lord, but can you imagine what it would be like if things wasn't right and you chase your own dreams, your own ambitions, and, you know, and life is empty. Life is empty. You know, you'll never be so much alive as when you're dead in Christ. Because that's where your purpose is. The world says your purpose is here. You can't have no fun unless you're doing this. You can't have, you know, the Bible says sin's fun. Not yet, act spiritual. For a season. But the results of it 
is death. You know? And the enemy is all time trying to lure us away. Don't do that. You ain't got time to go to church today. Are you really going to read your Bible? You ain't going to fast because that's what. <laughs> we ain't got. They, they, you, the enemy like, they all weak off up in there, huh, Citra? You know, but not me. I'm strong. I know where I'm going. No, you know. <clears throat> Y'all don't raise your hand. God forbid. But how many of you ever, ever feel like that you could have an affair? Say, for instance, don't raise your hand. Yeah. I'm, see, Brad said not at his house. See, he'll be the mm, he'll be the very one that falls. You know what I mean? You know why? Because his guard ain't up. <laughs> Donna said only once. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? But what I'm telling you is, if you're not that, wh- there is a law. Everybody say law. That which is not guarded will be stolen. And if you don't put a guard around the fence, if you don't put a guard around the garden, you hear what I'm saying? Things is going to steal the fruit. You know, and I, I was watching Casey Treat on TV one night, and there's a whole bunch of men out there. And anyway, he said, how many of you feel like that you could be tempted and you could have an affair? You know, and there was like three of them out of all of them said they, you know, they could, you know. And he says, these three, they won't do it. He said, you know why? He said, because they know that they're weak. And they know that their dependence is on God. Them others, they're like, I would never do that. They ain't got no guard up. See, church, you don't know what you're doing until you come under spiritual attack. You hear what I'm saying? But when you're connected to the God, and you're not distracted from the ways of this world, then there's that hedge of protection. You hear what I'm saying? But I'm telling you, all of our flesh is weak. We're weak in and of ourselves, you know. But the thing is that we got to recognize that we can't do these things without God. And God can't do them without us. But we can't get distracted of what he's called us to do. Because if you don't watch it, you'll live your whole life living from one distraction to another. And you'll wake up and life is over. You know what I'm saying? Glory to God. Mm. I'm going to read just a couple of scriptures. Life's distraction has happened to all of us, but we've got to wake up and get back focused on the things that really matter. We've got to get back focused and quit getting distracted. Just like the road trip, we're all going to run out of time one day, and the question is, are you going to reach your destination, or are you going to run out of time before you get there? You know, think about it, church. You know, no one, no one ever... You know, plans on, like I said earlier, plans on going through a divorce when they get married. But if you're not focused on your marriage, you hear what I'm saying? You'll get distracted. If you're not focused on these things, if you're not focused, you know, the only way our church is going to be successful is everybody going in the same direction, pulling their load. Because there ain't no one person can do it all. You hear what I'm saying? There ain't, this church is not here because one person did it, God forbid, you know. It's because all of us come together, you know. Hats off to our children's teachers back here in the back, you know. They, they have a selfless life, and they get paid that in this world, you know. Brother Ron gets up, and he prepares a message. These girls get up, and they sing. And they don't just sing. They meet on a every Wednesday night. They're sacrifices. 
But in order for our church to grow and be successful, it's going to take sacrifices on all of us. You know, just as Sister Becky said back there in the back, you know, about, you know, I can't, I cannot pray for everybody all the time. Can I get a witness? You know, our church has got to a point that I can't keep up with everything. But the thing is, that's what the body is for, you know. You know, I'm here, you know, to, to have time for you. I'm here to not get distracted off my destiny because, you know, a lot of times in life, you can't get where you're going without the person to the right or the left of you. Because everybody, you ever seen a turtle on a fence post? If you ever seen a turtle on a fence post, that turtle didn't get there by himself. You hear what I'm saying? Somebody picked him up and put him on there. In life, that's the way it is. There's times in life that people come along and help us along the way. And we got to be humble and grateful and, like I said, and stay focused on the direction that we're going. Because in this Christianity, as a Christian, there's many things that's going to try to pull you off and try to get you to just settle you know, and to get you to stop the direction that you're going. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures right quick in James uh, chapter 1. James chapter 1. Hallelujah. Glory to God. James chapter 1, uh, uh, start at verse 13. And it reads, Let no man say that when any is tempted, that I am tempted of God. For God, God cannot be tempted with evil, neither he tempteth any man. But every man, everybody say every man. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away. When he is drawn away of his own lusts and his own enticed. Then when lust has conceived, it brings forth fruit, which is sin. And when sin is finished, it brings forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. It says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down to the Father of lights, whom has no variance, neither shadow of turning. Anyway, it goes on down. And then it says... But what my point is, it says every man is drawn away by his own lust, his own desires, his own kingdom. You hear what I'm saying? But what God wants us to do, as he did Jesus, is lay our life aside and say, Father, what do you want me to do? That's what the love of God is, to live for somebody else. Because if you will lay down your life for God, God says there is no man that, lays, that gives up you know, all this stuff that don't receive a reward in this life and in the life to come. God is looking for a people that is willing to follow him even when they don't understand him. He is looking for a people that will serve him and put others first even when it ain't, don't feel good. And chances are it's not going to feel good. But the thing is, we can be in a good church, but church, I want to be a great church. You know, good people love those that love them back. You hear what I'm saying? Mm. Holy Ghost, you're going to have to get them on this. How about, let's go to Mark chapter 8 right quick. I'll just read this. Mark chapter 8, verse 34. Mark chapter 8, verse 34. Mm. And it says, And when he called, and when he had called the people unto him, 
and if all uh, his disciples also, he said it unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel, the same shall save it. God is wanting us to lay down our lives and trust him. You know, but sometimes in life we're so identified with the things we do, who we are, our attitudes, our personalities. And God's wanting us to throw it down and say, hey, will you let me be Lord? Jesus says, why callest thou me Lord and not do the words that I say? God just don't want to be Christ. He just don't want to be a Savior. He wants to be Lord in your life. And Lordship is, is that my will is set aside. And I'm not distracted off the ways of this world. But I hear God and I'm going that way. You know, the world says you're wasting your time. You know, and that's why I wanted to show you that clip of Brother Ron. I want you to know today that God's keeping notes. God is keeping notes. And that was just proof that, see, we catch glimpses of heaven. You know, and that's just like uh, when that guy never met Brother Ron, but he picked up on it just like that. You know, so I want you to know what you're doing is making a difference in life. So don't get distracted off the things of this world. We're the church. We're on a road trip. And we know where we're going. Church, there's going to be a day that we're going to have a school out here, you know, that the state is going to desire to have it. You know what I mean? And we know it's not us, but we know that it's God. But how it's God is that when everybody comes together and they lays down their life and they said, hey, you know, church, we can keep, we can keep, ooh, shalabakul. We can keep prophesying about this out there one day and that's good. But today's the day. You hear what I'm saying? We got to start today in preparation of the direction that we're going. You know what I'm saying? And the th now what that looks like, let God speak to you. But I know in my knower that God has called us to this vision. And it's easy to talk about how good God's going to be one day. And it's easy to talk about how good God was back in the day. But God is in the now. The Bible says now faith is. We're on that road trip and we're, on, we're headed that direction. And the thing is, we know where we're going and we know how to get there, and we're not going to get distracted. Because in life, there's a lot of things that try to distract us and try to give up, tries to give out and give in. And God's word is not up for a vote. God is not looking for your opinion whether you agree with what he says. His word is forever settled in heaven and earth. The things that he did, he says, I will not alter. The things that I've spoken, I will do. He said, for I will not be in debt to no flesh. And God says, you know, the things that he said, he will not alter. He's not going to be in debt to no flesh. And it's not for up to us to, to decide whether his word, well, that's, that sounds pretty good. I can kind of agree with that, so I'll go with that. See, God's word is his word when you understand it. God's word is his word when you don't understand it. God's word is truth when you see it. His word is truth when you don't see it. You hear what I'm saying? God's word is forever settled, etched in eternal concrete. It never can lie and it never can die. And the thing is, our minds wrestle with the words of God. But we got to get to the point that we're not distracted on what we don't understand. And stay focused on where we're going, which is the words of God. The word of God 
is our compass. The Word of God points Drew North. But in life, you start off north. You get saved. You get baptized and born again. And you start off. And God gets the pressure off of you. Can I get a witness? That's all a lot of people want. They just want just a touch of fire insurance and get the pressure off of me. Because if you get the pressure off of me, I'll set God aside back over here. I want him to be Christ, but I don't want him to be Lord of my life. He really needs to be Lord of her life. She's the one that's got the issues. It ain't me. No, it's you, darling. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? You know, Jesus wants to be Lord in and through our life. And if we will do that, we won't get distracted on every wind and doctrine that comes along. We won't get knocked off course when we walk through life and we lose a loved one that we didn't understand. We won't get knocked off course when we, when we get laid off at a job that we didn't understand. We won't get knocked off course because we know that our trust is not in some man. Let me say this right quick. People come to us and they're like, we're looking for a job. You know, and they want promotion and all. The Bible says a fool looks to man for promotion. Church, God loves you. You're his son and you're his daughter. And if you will look to him, if you will look to him, he will be the one, the lifter of the head. He will be the one that promotes thee. He will be the one that does these things. Church, he's faithful. He loves you. And I'm telling you, I just, it's just like a pull on the inside of me. There's such a knowing on the inside of me that God wants this dream and this vision to come to pass. And I know it looks impossible. I know it looks impossible. But God has called ordinary people, just like you and I, to come together. Not try to figure it out, but just to obey. Just to obey. I don't understand it, but God said, God said, oh, Lord. God said, I can raise the dead. Oh, I just, I just said, oh, Lord. See, see right there? I ain't never seen the dead raised. You hear what I'm saying? Not yet act spiritual. But that's not up for a debate whether I believe that God said I can do it. Check your opinion. All right, okay. You know. See, it's not up for a debate because John 14 says, Jesus saying, the words that I've done, Paula, the words that I say, he said, you're going to say, no, that ain't the one, Lord. Oh, he says, the things that I've done, Paula, you're going to do. Did Jesus not raise Lazarus from the dead after four days? But what happens is we qualify the words of God. Well, I believe John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. For that. You know why? Because that's out there. That's out there. You know what I'm saying? But the same guy wrote this, Mark 16, 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, you're going to lay hands on the sick. In my name, Charlie Johnson. You're going to cast out demons. You hear what I'm saying? Because we know that it's not us. We're not debating. We're not arguing. All we're doing is obeying what God said. You hear what I'm saying? In church, as fast as we get in line, just like that officer said, dig the hole. Quit wrestling with it. Well, I don't really know. You know, I think I'll just go ahead. <laughs> I feel this. I feel like I'll just go ahead and shack up for a while and make sure I know them. What did God say? Moving right along. Anyway, you know, God says, you hear what I'm saying? Well, I think, I think I need to do this. You know, we put ourselves above the knowledge of who God is. See, God wants the best for you. 
There's a reason that God is against divorce. There's a reason that God is against certain things. And there's a reason that thou shalt not steal. There's a reason that thou shalt not kill. Because there's consequences. And God wants the best for you, church. He wants His church to be a lighthouse, a city on a hill, shining for the world to see. Broken, messed up, and a bunch of misfits that God raised up and turned into benefits. You hear what I'm saying? That's what God wants. But church, He's got to have our heart. And He's got to be Lord. And we got to be willing. Oh, I'm preaching to the choir here. we got to be willing, Miss Janie, to lay down our lives. We've got to be willing to say, I got one shot at this, Julia. I'm going to lay it down. And a fiber in my main being wants to do this. But I'm going to be all in. Mm. You remember that? Mm. You remember that scripture? He says, At least you be hot or cold. At least you be lukewarm. I'll spew you out of my mouth. Church, I don't know about y'all, but it's my job to preach the gospel. It's your job to respond. And church, We need each other. Because listen here. If we come in here in a dead church and not expect nothing from God, you know when everybody else comes in? They're going to come in here and be just like us. You know what I'm saying? We're going to be singing a song. I got victory in Jesus. Victory in Jesus. You know, dead, broke, busted, and disgusted. Your children are going to ride. Your marriage is going. You know, and we claim to be a church. Church, the only way we can be defeated is if God be defeated. You hear what I'm saying? Now, if he's Lord in our life, let him be Lord. My God. Man, I don't know how many ways to say it. But I'm telling you, I know that I know that I know that God wants us to be all in. Sold out, committed. And what that looks like, you don't have to let God tell you. You know, sold out, all in, committed. They got all in. All in. I'm all in. I'm not going to be distracted. Because as I'm preaching this message, each one of you can list places in your life and the direction that you was going. And then the Holy Spirit showing you where you got distracted at. Where he pulled you off. You know, there's a reason, you know. There one time I had a boat and camper and everything else, and I loved it. I love fishing. Oh, I love fishing. I get off work, and I, me and my wife, we go fishing. You know what I mean? And, but how I many you know that was a distraction? You know, at that time in my life, you know, there was a time that, you know, I believe that I, I, I'll do it again, but not now. You hear what I'm saying? Because I was distracted. Oh, I was having fun. It wasn't nothing bad. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't at the bar hanging out. You hear what I'm saying? You know, I wasn't out messing around with my wife. You hear what I'm saying? But I was distracted and I was aborting my destiny, selling out for a bowl of soup, my birthrights. You hear what I'm saying? And God jerked slack out of me and said, hey, boy, hey, come back here and get refocused. He said, that was fun for a season. He says, but you know what? I had to get rid of the distraction. You hear what I'm saying? I had to turn it loose because I know I can be tempted. The only way I could be tempted not to go fishing is not have the boat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know? But see, that's what God has called us to do, to eliminate the distractions in your life. What's stealing your time? What's stealing your, your own, you know, put things back in order. You know, put God first in your life. Put your wife or your husband second. Church, hear me. 
You've got to put your spouse above your children. If you revert that, invert that, things is going to go wrong. Because your children is going to grow up. And they're going to leave you one day. But your spouse is going to be there. Your spouse is the other part of you. Put your children then. And then it goes on down. But if you start putting your job above God, you're going to get derailed. If you start putting your marriage above God, you're going to get derailed. If you start putting your children above your marriage, things are going to arrive. And God is pleading. I, I just feel it. He is pleading with us. Hey, come back. Come back to the simplicity of Christ. And let me sort it out. Because there's some hurt people under the sound of my voice. You're hurting. And you've been driving. And you've wrecked your life time and time and time again. And God says, bring it to me. Bring it to me. He says, I'm able. It ain't going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. Church, he loves you. Y'all receive it today. Say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory. Jeremiah 29, 11. I didn't write it. I didn't read it, but it reads, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith God, thoughts of peace, and to give you a good and expected end. And it goes on down and talks about if you'd hearken unto me and let my word more or less guide your life. In other words, you'll arrive at your destiny that it has for you. You will stand with me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Church, we're just going to do it this way. I'm not, I'm not going to call you down front, but I'm just going to do it this way. If that's you and you feel like that your life has been distracted and you'd like to recommit your life to the Lord, today's the day. If you feel like you've been distracted even in your marriage and you'd like to recommit your life, Today's the day. You've been to feel like you've been distracted in the church. That you start off in one direction and you got distracted. Today's the day. But God needs a people that is willing to be all in, not half-hearted. You will bow your heads and bow your hearts. If that's you, just lift your hand. We're going to pray for you right there. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, we just come before you right now, we the church, and we yield ourselves to you right now, Father. And Father, we ask that you, God, put us back on track, God. Help us, God, just to stay focused upon the things that are of value and important to the kingdom. And Lord God, we just yield ourselves to you. We repent. Father, we repent, God, where we have failed and we've messed up. And we put other things ahead of you, put up ahead of our families. Father, we just yield ourselves to you. And we pray, God, that you just put an awakening in our hearts and our spirits. And Father, as we fast and we seek you, Father, I pray for a spiritual awakening. God, that our eyes would be open to see and our ears would be open to hear. That you would give us clear direction in each one of our lives. Father, I ask that your blessings would be upon each and every one that's here represented here today. And Lord, if there's one here that don't know you, Father, I pray for that person right now. Lord, your word says if we'll confess with your mouth, with our mouth, and believe in our heart, we shall be saved. If that's you right now, I want you to make eye contact with me. If you've never asked Jesus in your heart,
Got you, girl. Got you, girl. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Hallelujah. Got you back there. Got you. Got you. Got you. All right, got you. Yeah, hallelujah. Everybody, please. Say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I call upon you this day, and I confess you as Lord, and I invite you into my heart, and I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me this day, and Lord, help me to be focused and not get distracted. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, God bless each and every one of you. I want you to know that we love you. And I want